Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey friends, Monica here and welcome back to Maiden Speech. Now this podcast was with Anne Jay, who is based in Lower Hutt and she is a qualified counsellor and relationship coach. And this one was fascinating. We went into communication, expectation, how we don't ask for what we need, you know, how to create that safety so that we can actually be vulnerable and gender roles and self-worth and and how we can only control ourselves you know and she also went into key rituals um of connection and this is going to be so useful for all of us these are skills that we don't learn in school she has so much wisdom to offer enjoy let's just crack into it shall we okay (laughs) so i think you might be my biggest fan this is very exciting (laughs) (laughs) yes I've been following you I love it yeah from the from the beginning because I thought oh it's actually somebody I actually know doing a podcast so I thought oh yeah no let's 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 follow and support because I met you at she owns it that's right network group and I thought yeah no it's really nice it's just really nice you know and actually following somebody you know, who you, you've met in person, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for being here today. And I've actually, I've had you on my hit list for a little while because of, um, because we've done a couple of podcasts now around like relationships and communication and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, let's bring in the big guns now and chat (laughs) about some of that deeper stuff. Because I, I think it's so fascinating what you do. Um, and it's stuff that we just don't talk about as well. And that's the thing. It's like, if we were actually able to crack these conversations open and talk about what actually goes on under the surface, I think everything would be a lot better <laughs> for so many of us. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's primarily about, you know, the unspoken. Yeah. Yeah. And we are so good at, you know, just filing, filing them, filing them. Uh, and then it's just a simple tricker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So relationships. Now, where do we actually begin with that? <laughs> Question. Okay, here we go. Um, what, are, what do you think are some of the biggest issues that are getting in the way for people in terms of having really healthy relationships? Well, number one is communication. Yep. Number two is expectation. Oh, talk to me about that. Well, you know, we have our own set of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And really when they're not met, we're very good at assuming that our partners should know what our expectation is and, you know, what, you know, the, 
the rules basically that we live by mm. but you know that that's what i was talking about the un, the unspoken but the missing bit that um that bridges the gap is that we really need to articulate what our needs are or what the expectation is so at least you you know then your partner has a fighting chance to be able to meet your needs or the expectation yeah so how how much like I guess on a continuum, as a, as a percentage, how good are we at actually articulating stuff as a general rule? You know, how good are we at, are we actually at expressing what we need versus expecting people to read our minds? <laughs> okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you the percentage. Um, I, I was reading um, a Gottman article the other day uh, about bank communication and... Um, and it was absolutely staggering that really that we sort of connect um, on you know a good level that where we don't miscommunicate, it's only nine yeah. percent. So ninety-one percent of the time we're miscommunicating because we're just <laughs> assuming that the other person really knows what we, you know what they should do. I mean, I just find that totally staggering. Well, it's amazing we managed to function at all, actually. <laughs> it's shocking. So is, that, so is that just like intimate, you know, husband, wife, you know, romantic relationships, or is this all relationships? Uh, it's the, it, that, that, um, that research was primarily um, to do with intimate relationships. Yeah. But I would say there's a lot of sort of, you know, miss communication uh, uh, you know across the board really yeah 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 okay so we've got number one communication number two expectation what comes after that well it's about that you know really about and um, not asking for what you need mm. why yeah. don't we do that um, really, because we're, we're fearful of a rejection being seen authentically because we all want to be loved. We all want to be pleased. You know, we all want to be seen as good, mm. you know, and we don't want to be seen in a bad light. Yeah. We're our own worst critic. We really are, because really we come from a place of judging ourselves, and that's why we won't expose ourselves. That's why we won't be vulnerable. That's so funny. Do you know? I just wrote. No one else can see this, but you can. I just wrote down here vulnerability, and I was yeah. that was my big way. What a pro! That was so good. We're already mind reading here. Mm. <laughs> so that was one of the things because I was just re-listening to a podcast that I did. Have you met Jen Tyson? No. I feel like you should meet her. I think you two mm. would get on very well. Um, but that was all around communication. And I'd asked her, you know, the role of vulnerability in communication. Um, and was that getting in the way of us having really good communication? And she said massively. Um, mm. So I'd be so curious to hear more about this from you. Because I guess what it would be fair to say, you know, in these intimate relationships, you are more exposed probably than in any other case in your whole life. So it does, it is going to bring all that stuff up, the self-worth stuff, the vulnerability, the fear of being seen, the fear of not being good enough, all that kind of stuff. 
how big do you think that is in terms of us actually navigating and having really healthy, like intimate relationships? Massive. Yeah. 99.9% of my work is around vulnerability. Wow. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Um, Is it? It is incredible. (laughs) But it's around, you know, vulnerability, really. It's about, you know, showing up. Yeah. Saying, this is what I need, you know? Instead of, I think, in the sense, you know, that everything in our environment impacts us. Yeah. Because we're, we're, you know, every day we're, we're shown the way we should show up really and um yeah no vulnerability that you know is not really high on the menu is it in society it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah harden up suck it up and move forward yeah you know i mean i'm gonna say again 99.9 percent of the time my clients say I just need the tools you know I need you to give me the tools so that I can feel okay yeah yeah and I you know I often say yes I I can give you the tools to do that but you've got to show up emotionally to be able to use those tools effectively yeah yeah this is crazy because doesn't it seem like we should be taught this from the age of five instead of algebra. <laughs> you know? Of course. I mean, yeah. how incredible would it be if we were all able to, yeah, to be taught this stuff? That, um, I think to, I mean, because you're English, obviously. Do you, I am. Do you notice a difference between New Zealand and England in terms of the culture around this kind of thing? There's, there's, simil- there's similarities, mm. to, to be quite honest. And... Um, you know, the, the old saying with the English, you know, stiff upper lip. Yeah, yeah. Type thing. yeah. I wouldn't say that really, you know, that we would be any better at it, really, yeah. because, you know, that about, um, it may be different now. I mean, I, I haven't been in, living in the UK for almost 20 years. Oh. So it, it might, yeah, I think, I think you can get a decent cup of coffee there now where when I went back about... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> About twelve years ago, oh my gosh, it it, it was terrible. Um, yeah, so I don't. I think you know. I don't. I don't think that there's any significant, mm. you know, um, differences. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I think the, the next generation are being taught about emotional. You know, there is more stuff about emotional coaching, mm. you know, and I think really they, they, they are trying to sort of really attend to that in schools right now. I don't know really whether they're sort of picking up the space regarding really how to be in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got all these questions coming to my head now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> okay, so can we go back to the vulnerability? Now, let's say you have a couple coming in to work with you. Where do you begin with that in terms of teaching people how to deal with vulnerability, how to be vulnerable? How do you even 
started taking that. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm in the role of there's several. There's a few hats that I that I wear. Okay. So before we even start, you know, pulling the plasters off, mm. we've actually, you know, got to equip people to be able to deal with what's going what's going to be brought to the table. Mm. So, um, so I teach them communication skills. Okay, so that one of the, the one of the ones is gentle startups. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's a dialogue of, you know, I what it what it the structure is is that you keep your emotional content at your own doorstep. Okay. Yeah. You express how you're feeling, what was your experience, and specifically about what it was facts nothing yeah. else you don't um you know you talk about it and not your partner okay mm, yes because and then you ask for what you need mm. okay and what that stops stops is defensiveness because as you know if you're feeling like somebody's having a bit of a dig at you, we naturally will defend ourselves, you yeah. know? And so that, that format actually opens the way for listening, okay? Mm -hmm. It makes you present. Yeah. And, you know, the other skill is about reflecting. So if you're the person receiving the message, you then inquire, you know, you reflect back what you heard and whether that was correct. And is there any more that wants to add? So you're in the space of curiosity. And what that enables is because in intimate relationships, if intimate relationships, if we have the understanding of the internal dialogue for our partner that keeps us connected that really brings us to connect to connect with one another and be curious and and you know instead of going in the mode of oh um it must be me how do i fix it and things like that yeah. you ask how can i best support you with that is there anything that we could how could we do that better, you know? Mm. And that is the problem. That's how we, well, that's how I start with that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so my, my couples come, they come with insignificant things to talk about, but we, 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 uh, we practice that. Yeah. Then, you know, then we start with the vulnerability. Mm. And that I'm more of a mentor, a guide, okay, or I I come in with the underlining thing, yeah, the unspoken. So that's where I'm looking. That's where I'm listening for the underneath message. You know? Yeah, and I articulate that. So I don't know what I'm hearing is, you know, 
I couldn't be that because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. And that engages the emotional content of the conversation that enables the couple to be vulnerable with one another. Yeah. That addresses the emotional content of what's been held in inside. Yeah. Okay. That must be so fascinating for you. Like to go back to that, the first part of that, where you actually get someone to say something and then you get the other person to repeat back what they said. How often is it completely different? Like what you say, what one person says versus how the other person interprets it. Is that the basis of a lot of our issues? Do you think that, you know, we might interpret things so differently based on our own insecurities or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, uh, because, you know, we're there to respond yeah. Most of the time we haven't, you know, mastered the art of listening, being present. Okay. Yeah. And um, so we pick a few things out, then our little gremlin in, <laughs> in our brain <laughs> says sort of, oh, okay. I know what that means because I've experienced that before. And then we just, reply we haven't actually stood and actually listened yeah so yeah so that's why we have to go back to the basics because we really haven't learned that we don't yeah it's not a thing that we have learned in high school yeah or and if we haven't been modeled and it's very it's very unlikely that we've been modelled <laughs> yes. in our in our in our family unit, you know, yeah. even in even in very good, you know, healthy environments, you know, family environments, because we we just I mean don't forget we're two individuals choosing to journey together, so we come with our own experiences of how we learnt what relationships should look like. Yeah. And then we just, you know, muddled them along and mesh them together. And then your children go to reenact that and, you know, with their experiences on top, you know? Yeah, Mm. absolutely. Okay. So when it comes to vulnerability, I'm so fascinated by this topic. I'm so, so fascinated. (laughs) I mean, it comes up a lot, you know, but I mean, So actually, I've just written down here, vulnerability versus control. So how do you, like, if someone comes into you and they, um, because I feel like they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Would that be fair to say? Like a a vulnerability is like a leap of faith. You know, it's like, it's trust, isn't it? It's courage. It's all of those things. Whereas control is very much like, oh, holding on tightly. So how, for, for someone who's like that, who's used to being very in control, who likes to be on top of everything, how do they, what would be the best way to kind of advise them to move through that as they sort of learn to become more open and more vulnerable? Well, I wouldn't necessarily advise them at all. Mm. It's a bit, it's um, in, in couples work, it's about experiencing that, okay? Yeah, and it's about talking about not feeling in control, mm. because you know every 
human being likes to be in control because you know vulnerability to some people you know is too scary because I mean what does that actually look like some people don't even know what it looks like and they're too frightened or scared you know to be vulnerable because they may not be able to get back into control yeah yeah so it's a, it's about experiencing vulnerability and actually getting comfortable and safe with being vulnerable but knowing that the that your partner holds you in that that space without judgment yeah or rejection i love that okay so here's another random one for you well not really actually no the first thing i'm going to ask is how how much time do you spend working with people around the relationship that they have with themselves so you know yeah yeah i'm dying to hear about this because i feel like it has to be addressed right our own self-awareness around ourselves and our own triggers and our own fears and all that kind of stuff um so we're kind of two holes coming together as opposed to Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's yeah that's done in a, a, a sort of like a, a combination yeah so when things come up it's about you know that i mean that, that is a part that i will you know uh voice within the session i, I will say hey you know we're picking up you know i'm sensing that you're really getting in attuned to you know how you impact or you know what responsibility you're taking or you know that is an old theme that's coming up from from childhood experience yeah you know so it's it's done part and parcel as such yeah yeah because yes it is it's it's really and we talk about that you know about the triggers sort of um maybe um uh, one of the partners say that it really triggers me when you talk about my mental health because for me i feel blamed yeah mm. so you know so it is talking it is talking about the triggers and really being aware of that and um so all of that all of those parts are done together it's never done you know individually yeah so you know so it's an exploration not only of the cup of you as a couple but as you as two individuals Mm. it's a real and it's a real education of um what goes on for both of you yeah and where some of these old triggers have come from because i might say to say to a client well how do you think that that trigger is and they might go oh probably it's probably a teenager yeah yeah and i said well you know how does a teenager react to that 
So it's in it's educating them around how they're operating. Yeah. And but getting more awareness so that they can actually what I'm trying to do at the end of the day is to empower both of them. Yeah. They can spot they can spot it, stand away and and um readdress it and yeah. own it. Uh, take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of thinking it's an outward outward force, you know, well, he makes me feel like that and not and um, being being the victim. Yeah. And not empowering yourself. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. Now, this is another random one. I'm not quite sure how to word this without it sounding. <laughs> we'll find out. But I really want to ask you about so do you, do you feel like relationships are changing as the world changes in terms of gender roles and stuff like that? You know, like there's a lot of female empowerment and stuff like that. And obviously, if you look at the role, quote unquote, of a woman 50 years ago, it's a lot different to what we do now. How do you think that's affecting the kind of dynamics that we've got happening in relationships? Well, there's, there's two segments to this. Yeah. I think um, definitely... Definitely us women, you know, want equality, mm-hmm. okay? And um, we're right there in the thoughts of that we, that we are, you know, having equality. But we still, us, us girls, we do still slip into doing everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, slipping into those... Um, old-fashioned if you're well you know old-fashioned roles yeah even though in the sense we don't want that we want it equal we want it equal mm. but somehow there there's still there's still these gender roles going on yeah so there's a bit of a a, a, a crossover mm. of you know but what's being spoke about in, in society you know and um and the the default within relationships yeah yeah i find that's a really curious topic and i mean you can't talk to everyone about this so naturally let's put it in a podcast and let everyone listen to it um but there's a dating coach in england called matthew hussey have you heard of him yeah yeah and he's so he has this business called get the guy um and he i remember him talking one day at the seminar about um woman and so like yeah we're all empowered amazing that's fantastic but he was saying you've still got to be willing to let someone help you you know and so at what point do we draw that line so he he gave the example of these women who were out on dates and like like a man would try and hold a door open and they'd bite his head off and be like i can do it myself and he was saying well of course you can do it yourself but wouldn't it be nice to let someone hold the door open for you and i always remembered that because i thought isn't that so interesting how that inner stuff and how we feel about ourselves, how does that start to infiltrate into the way we, yeah, we view things and do we allow people to, you know, I just find it so interesting because I think I feel like a lot of men at the moment are sort of quite lost around what it even means to be a man. And especially in this country where I love that you've got a mental health backing as well, you know, Mm. mental health, especially in men is so it's shocking and they, we still don't quite have that right in terms of them being able to go into these vulnerable places and talk about things. And 
Um, I just feel like it's a really murky place where it's kind of no one quite knows what they're doing or what they're meant to be doing or how to do it. And then there's not really an outlet to actually have these conversations, you know, yeah. if any of that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, it is a murky space uh, for, for men, mm. you know, um, because, you know, the, women want them still to be the knight in shaman armour. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but yet, you know, that we we want equality, we want to be seen in our own right. So, yeah, the, that is right. It's a very murky area because they're not knowing, you know, exactly where, the, where they fit. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to look even, you know, in my own life. Like, I had a car door open for me recently by a man, and I was just like, <gasps> this is amazing like this is you know chivalry I love it like this is so great um but then on the flip side you know I hate to cook I have no interest in being that like I want a business I want impact I want career you know so I have no interest in it's like I want to pick and choose the bits that I like effectively and yeah. I can, I can see how confusing that is so it's kind of is this the sort of stuff that you would do with your clients is really navigate the roles for each person because I guess every relationship's different, right? It's not actually like the old days where the man does this and the woman does this. It's actually, it's all kind of blending and merging together. <laughs> well, that's right. No, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of, um, once again, you know, having those conversations, those key conversations. Yeah. You know, and, it, and you know, the working, because often within um well, I hear it a lot, you know, it, is that I don't feel we're a team. But once again, if you're in a team situation, there'll be a lot of communication about what the expectations were, what the goals were, uh, etc. True. That generally doesn't happen. I mean, us women, we want the teamwork, but um, unfortunately, our partners have got to um, be mind readers. And unfortunately we haven't mastered that yet. It would put me out of a job if, <laughs> you know, yeah. if, we, if we were mind readers, because that's a, lo- a lot of things, assumption, uh, assumptions, mind reading goes on quite a lot, mm. you know? So it's about having those key conversations. How is this going to look? You know, what does what does teamwork mean? What are the expectations? Yeah. How is our family unit going to run? You know, so it's about be. You know, it, the key is communication, mm. because you know half of the time is oh well, we've been together for a long time. You know, we put that expectation that our partner should just know. Mm what our needs are but we're not we're not linear no (laughs) you know we 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 have we change yeah you know what your expectations were when you were 20 is definitely not what your expectations are going to be when you're 50 yeah true so it's about having still keep you know you might be been together for a very long time but it's really checking in and keep on having those key conversations yeah 
So in terms of those key conversations and communication, are there some key sort of pieces of advice that you have for people and how to start, like if they're not, if the communication isn't really flowing right now, how, where can people start to start moving forward and improving things, even if they're just really little basic tips that you've got? Okay. You know, you know when you don't look after your garden, mm -hmm. what happens to it? It gets overrun with weeds. That's right. <laughs> it gets overrun with weeds. So my number one tip would be, I know that life gets busy, you know, and life is hectic, and especially if you've got, you know, children and this, that and the other. But you must, must, must keep making time for the relationship. Mm. You, you must keep nurturing the relationship. And that's not necessarily having date nights, but having time every night just to check in with one another. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, in the Gottman method, they talk it about the, um, the key rituals of connection. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, they're very simple. It's keep, you know, daily check-ins. Yep. Making once a week, you know, having uh, sort of, they call it um, the meeting of the summit. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's very American. Um, <laughs> but that is actually scheduling a time just to connect with one another and yeah. having those keys con conversations, okay? Yeah. And also making time to just hang out and have fun. Yeah. Fun, of course. How yeah. often does that get neglected? Yeah, it's not always. It's not always about. Oh well, you didn't do the dishwasher, you know, sort yes. of type thing. It's about keep connecting, like you used to, you know, when you pre kids, pre career, you know. Yeah, making that 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 special effort, you know, you know, it's it's about those small things like. Um making the other person feel cherished by just by, you know, saying, bringing them a coffee, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sending text messages, you know, with how's your day, kiss and kisses. Yeah. That's how me and my husband keep connected through the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just simple things. It is simple, isn't it? They are, they're just little things, but it's the consistency of yeah. doing them. Yeah, it, and it is consistency. That is a very good word. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we're very habitual yeah. as humans. So, you know, if we get these, these good relationship habits in, then it's, it isn't an effort or forced or unauthentic. It becomes a way of being within the relationship. Yeah. It's really important to keep nourishing the relationship. Yeah. And, you know, it's important if you are parents to, you know, perhaps farm your children out. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, farm your children out to good friends and, and, and things for sleepovers and, you know, just to have some time together. 
Yeah. So on that, so yep, time together. What do you recommend in terms of taking time for yourself? 100%. Yeah. Because how many mm. people actually do that? I'm thinking, I don't have kids, but a lot of my friends that have kids and they have jobs and it's like their lives are so full and busy all the time. And it's like, when do you actually get time to breathe? You know, just me. Mm. <laughs> mm. mm. I know. Yeah. But, you know, that's a, yeah, that's another societal sort of thing that, you know, we got to be doing, you know, mm. being, being, you know, a superwoman. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to juggle all these things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you've got to keep nurturing yourself in order to be able to, you know, to keep giving. Mm. You know, but it's a, a, yeah, a, potentially, I mean, it's really important to have me time. Yeah. Yeah to regroup you know be because uh, i mean another th another thing that does arise is that some women they can lose a sense of self mm. because they're given to the relationship they're given to the family they're given to their careers and stuff and but they have really not taken any time to keep in connection with who they are, mm. you know, what their, you know, their hopes and dreams and ambitions are, you know, yeah. as time goes on. And then, you know, often relationships run into trouble when all of that, you know, when they become empty nesters or, you know, um milestones in their in their life they start questioning that mm. you know who am i you know is this the person i want to stay with yeah because because really i haven't seen you since i was 25 or whatever um from having you know having the children mm. that is a great point so do you think that we rely way too much on external stuff to kind of validate us? And even what I was going to ask you before is around the expectation bit and how do we expect way too much from our partners because we expect them to make us happy and to make us feel complete when really that's actually an inner job. <laughs> it's a, it is an inner job. Um, yeah, totally. And we do, we do rely quite a lot on our, our relation you know our partners to sometimes fulfill all those things mm. i mean and that's quite easy to you know fall into that trap because as you know i mean like steve and i we moved to new zealand and um, 20 years ago and we didn't know anybody yeah <laughs> we'd never been to new zealand believe it or not really? we, just, <laughs> we just came because our friends said it's good outdoors and uh, you know and mountain biking and all of that and we thought yay okay like, if we don't like it we'll just go back to the uk yeah but then you know that we've had to sort of uh navigate you know so we've been we've depended on one another quite a bit because we haven't had that that um extended family yeah 
you know so you know Steve has at times been everything for me because we've sometimes lived in very rural places yeah but then you you know um it's important that you do have these other elements to because your partner is unable to fulfill all of those things yeah, yeah and it and it is quite healthy to look for other elements to fulfill those but sometimes yes you know i know what you're saying that sometimes it's our own unfulfilled hopes and dreams that do get projected onto our partners yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and just thinking to you know back to the conversation around triggers and stuff like that and i think that's the thing if you're feeling really insecure and not good enough and it comes back to the self-worth piece if you feel like you're not enough and you need therefore you need something to fill that void then you're going to project that onto your partner who's always going to let you down because they can't be that mm. for you so mm. it's kind of i guess it's the balance isn't it it'll totally hear what you're saying around actually having really great communication asking what you need for hip but then also having the self-awareness to understand your own triggers and um yeah and making sure that you are taking time for yourself as well and doing these things that are good for you that make you you so when you come into that relationship you're not this broken exhausted mess that mm. needs that wants someone to just make all their problems go away <laughs> that, that's right and that's once again you know uh, being you know taking responsibility yeah yeah and not sitting in that you know hoping somebody will rescue you yeah yeah, yeah. so um, I was going to say something else, but I can't remember now. It's gone out of my <laughs> brain. Um, oh, well, I'm sure it'll come back. <laughs> it will. Um, so talk to me, please, around the, the concept of self-worth in healthy, intimate relationships. Well, that's a bit huge, isn't it? <laughs> I asked you with eight minutes to go as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I think, really, it, it's quite a large, uh, quite a large part of it, okay? Because we, part of our, you know, self-worth is that, really, that our partner sees our value, you know? And if it's not there, then... No, we're always questioning are we enough but i i think that's a human i think it's human nature to always not quite feel enough yeah but then our outward you know if other people are sort of uh giving us the same message that's what impacts us mm. basically yeah yeah and so we collect the evidence of why we're not enough. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then the slightest trigger will trigger our experiences mm. to tell us, yes, we're not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. You can see how that could all come together. I mean, if that's how you're feeling under the surface and then yeah, your partner does something and it's it could be minuscule but it triggers that then there could be a volcanic eruption right which isn't actually about the dishes or whatever but it's actually about this feeling of i'm not good enough and you've just activated that within me that's right 
yeah. that's right it's never about it's never about the dishes yeah yeah it's about the underlying and emotion yeah yeah you know by you not doing the dishes you know that that signals to me that I, I'm not worthy mm. I'm not worthy of you even thinking may be helpful to me yeah yeah and so I don't I'm not a priority to you mm. you know all these other things come in you don't you don't care for me yeah fascinating mm. yeah the self-worth bit really interests me um in terms of as well how we project things you know or like how and if we don't have the self-awareness, how we can be doing things based on just that we don't feel like we're good enough, but then the message that we're then sending to our partner. So it kind of, it makes, it's really interesting to look at that and how I think, um, you know, how important it is to be consciously and actively growing and working on ourselves all the time so that at least we can, if we do something like that, we can notice it. We're not, as, <laughs> yeah. Precisely. I mean, that's, that's the key. Uh, and that is really the key is you know being aware and taking responsibility of your own emotional content mm. and how really you you impact or how you're showing up yeah because if you're more aware uh you know about things then re then really you you know you, you can you can work on how to do that differently. But yeah. if we get into this pattern of always doing the same thing, then we always get the same result. Mm. And all we're doing is just impacting ourselves even further to add to the pile of hurts, resentment, you know, all of those kind, kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, and I honestly, this conversation could go over five podcasts, but I think what I'll do is I'll ask you one more question, if that's all right, which will probably okay. be about 20 questions in one. So, <laughs> so get comfy. Um, okay. My question is actually around, I'm really interested in this vulnerability bit. Um, but if, let's say you're, you're in a partnership, one person is a lot less willing to go into that self-awareness bit, the vulnerability bit. And... So I, I totally hear what you're saying in terms of you need to get comfortable, you need, you need to create that feeling of safety. But what happens if one person is way more resistant to going into that deeper space and that more open space than the other person? Like how do you navigate that? How do I navigate that? Well, really, you can't, you can't take a horse to water. You can take a horse to water, but it won't drink yeah. necessarily, okay? Yeah. So in a, in a partnership, sometimes I get um, one one partner ring me and say, "Oh well, the other one, the other partner won't, won't come." And hmm. um, what can I do about that? And I said, "There's a, there's a lot you can come and you know do some work with me." Yeah. Because if you as you said if you work on yourself and you show up in the relationship differently okay yeah. and you use some of the tools that i teach mm -hmm. then you will get you know you will get that connection yeah 
okay because then the way that you're showing showing up is enabling the partner to be more vulnerable or or feel safer yeah to be able to have those vulnerable conversations or open honest and authentic conversations mm. okay yeah. so you're the only person that can, you know you can only control yourself okay? yeah the way that you show up the way that you behave and the way you respond yeah yeah and the, the and the language and things that you use yeah okay. yeah i love that so you can only control yourself well thank you you just named the podcast for me i was like there it is there's it <laughs> um but like would it be fair to say that okay let's say so one person really decides that i'm just going to focus on myself as much as i can i'm going to you know create a lot of self-awareness da, 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 um, make myself really happy and coming back to the the second point you made around expectation would it be fair to say that as you do that you actually shift your expectations because you actually kind of lift the bar you're like actually we've been sort of stagnant we've been doing this for a long time i'm now going to do this i'm going to be like this does that then in invite the other person to rise to that or how often would they rise or would they stay there you know would they stay stuck <laughs> it's um it's all a choice yeah yeah and so as i said you're two individuals journeying together yeah okay so it so each party has a choice of how they move forward mm. Okay, because sometimes people just aren't at the right place and time, yeah, emotionally, you know, and stuff to be able to take take that on. Yeah. But what it enables you to do is to make make choices. Yeah. Because yes, it does hire the bar when you're being more intentional. And not just cruising along and still doing the same um, dynamic or dance. Mm. Uh, what would you know? What we do within couples' work is we're disrupting the pattern. Mm. Yeah, and we're finding a different way to dance together. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's you can't. You can't make the other person change. Yeah. And that, coming back, you can only, you know, you can only um, take responsibility for yourself. Hmm. Yeah. And you, you choose yeah. to make that change. Hmm. And become more self-aware and then you then you know yeah what what the next choice is yeah i love that so that, that sounds yeah it comes back to that thing of empowerment doesn't it at least then you're in an empowered state you're not just sitting there waiting for something to happen but you've sort of taken charge <laughs> well that's right because um it's no good giving giving somebody else your your power yeah yeah 
Totally. Totally. Okay, so now I said one final question, <laughs> then I asked five more questions. This is actually the final question. Um, what would be your, you know, your one piece of advice you'd love for people to understand? Anyone who's in a relationship, what would you love for them to know or to be doing? <laughs> if there was one thing. <laughs> okay, one thing. Okay. What I said before is to keep nurturing the relationship and that's being very intentional yeah. each day to you know keep that connection with one another yeah you know it. try and keep that you know fun yeah you know spontaneous spontaneity can't say it must get me full <laughs> uh, spontaneity but yes well, you know, that what, unfortunately, because life's so busy, we think the easiest thing is, is to put the relationship on the shelf uh, while we do all this busyness and then that will be okay and then we can just get it off the shelf and everything, we will be able to trot along. But unfortunately, not. You know, we've really got to intentionally keep nurturing the relationship, keep checking in with one another and you know keep sh showing that we're invested yeah yeah and that and that we cherish one another yeah i love that i love that and i guess so because we all have goals around you know work and travel and money and other stuff but then we don't necessarily i love that that thing of putting it on the shelf we probably most of us do that without even realizing <laughs> that's right because we just think it will be there yeah. It's, yeah. It, the thing is, relationships are work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just, you know, kept on cruising along in your career and mm. didn't maintain it or go for the next thing or upskill, yeah. It would become stagnant. Mm. Well, it's the same as a relationship. It's stagnant if you don't keep on working at it you know, and nurturing it. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, this has been so good. I've taken so many notes. So, so many notes. Um, thank you so much for your time and your... That's all right. You're welcome. It's been awesome. It's been... I've, you've got my head going now. My head going. That's always a good thing, isn't it? My brain is going. Um, yeah, I really love this conversation. Thank you so, so much. Oh, you're you're welcome. It's been it's been fun. It's got certainly got me thinking. Yeah, I love when people get going on their their area of passion. It's like yeah, it's good. <laughs> so awesome, so awesome. But yeah, thank you so much. And again, I would love to have you come back. I reckon there'll be so many more rabbit holes for us to dive down. Um, I'm sure <laughs> on this topic. But yes, um, thank you so much for your time. I really really appreciate it. And um, I'll direct everyone where they can go and find you because I am sure that so many people could benefit from you and your input in their relationships. <laughs> Great, Monica. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. And I will, uh, I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye.